Hello and welcome to the only show that will never be subordinated to a diktat. This is the Jezznet Podcast. Well, what a week it's been. Two massive wins at Ibrox send us into the international break with a big smile. Tonight on the show, we'll be looking back at a convincing 3-1 win over the early pace setters' hearts before we relive a superb European victory against Rapid Vienna on Thursday night. And later, we'll turn our attention to Alfredo Morelos, the Colombian striker's in the form of his life at the moment, but if you read the media reports in Scotland, you'll get a very, very different impression. We'll ask if Alfie's getting a rough ride from the famously impartial and fair Scottish media. My name's Ross Bennett, and joining me on the show tonight is the Jersnet gaffer, Stuart Franklin. Frankie, how's things this evening? Oh, very well, mate. In a really good mood after the, the last few days, obviously. Aye, absolutely. Also on the show today, we have John McCallum. John, welcome to the show. Thanks very much. Looking forward to it. Certainly. It's been a cracking week, as we say. Um, and uh, I guess there's no better place to start. Obviously, we're recording this on Sunday. We've just had the Hearts game this afternoon, so I think that's the best place to start. John, we'll stay with you. What did you make of the performance today? I think you'd have taken 3-1 before the match. I think our first half performance was excellent. I think we took a foot off the gas slightly in the second half, but uh, personally, I think that can be uh, that can be excused. Um, you know, I never felt we were in any danger in the second half, and even when they scored, you didn't feel that another one was coming. So, uh, no, absolutely delighted. A fantastic performance. I thought it was great. Do you think though that you know maybe them them going down to ten men did that have an impact on the game? They seemed to kind of grow into it a wee bit after they'd had a man sent off. Yeah, you see that with teams. It's it's a funny thing. Uh, I mean, it was a Definite sending off. I mean, they, they, even they didn't complain about it. Uh, yeah, you see that with teams who go out of 10 men and, and, and suddenly they, I think they just all try a little bit harder. Um, I, I thought it killed the game. Uh, I thought them going down to 10 men, actually, I thought that was the game kind of finished as a contest. Had Hearts been able to score one fairly early in the second half, who knows, you know, because I think we, w- we would have tired um, after Thursday night. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it was, uh, I think it was deserved. Uh, you know, I think we deserve the win and I think they deserve the sending off they could have had another one so it probably did kill the game slightly but I, I felt all along after going three up there was no chance we were going to lose it Frankie how about yourself what did you make of the performance today? Yeah pretty much as, as uh, yourself and John said I think um, the first half we played very well I did hearts actually well certainly for the first 15 or 20 minutes and I think we've got Alan McGregor to thank for um, for us being able to go 2 or 3 up just because he made two fantastic saves. Um, the one from um, Ekpietsu, or however you pronounce that, was uh, was particularly impressive. Um, a really good strong hand after the, the guy had uh, managed to struggle for the attention of Joe Worrell from the, the touchline. Um, in fact, I thought the big guy could have went down and maybe got a penalty. It's probably the only time he ever tried to, to give in a foul or a penalty because after that he just he was chucking himself down all over the shop at every opportunity. Um, Thankfully, John Beaton didn't really get um, uh, persuaded by any of his, his claims, and fortunately, uh, we managed to get a few decisions ourselves uh, today for Beaton. Um, I think John mentioned the red card; it was a, pretty much a stonewaller. Uh, we should have had a, at least one penalty in the second half. The guy almost caught the ball from a, I think it's from a tab or a Candias cross, and right in front of the linesman, and for whatever reason, he didn't give it. And then uh, John Suter should have been sent off as well towards the end. Um, it was a worse. Sort of body check uh, on 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 the uh, the left hand side and on Morelos and how 
you never seen that as a, a yellow card because suddenly they already set off the, the right back for something similar was beyond me clearly he was starting to feel a bit sorry for Hearts by that point um, yeah I think I, th- I think the second half wasn't quite as good obviously but, um, I think when they did go down to 10 men we, start, we were still playing some nice football at that time and then they sort of got a goal against the running play and, and at that point I thought the crowd got a bit edgy I think the team started to, to tire a bit we made some uh, wrong decisions we were passing Tav in particular, some of his passing towards the last five or ten minutes was woeful. Um, Goldson made one or two mistakes, and they say the crowd got a wee bit edgier. But with the last sort of ten minutes, uh, it pretty much fizzled, fizzled itself out, and uh, it ended up being a very comfortable three-one-one. And I think we're all delighted with that. I absolutely delighted. I mean, I think the game management was was pretty good. You know, once they they got a goal back, it, it did fizzle out in the last ten minutes because we were probably tired, physically tired, mentally. Um, the first half performance I thought was was superb, absolutely superb, and that's in no small part because I thought Hearts were actually very good as well for fifteen twenty minutes. Um, you know, once we once we got that goal, which was a surprising goal um, to say the least, the opening goal. I think everyone kind of expected that to be waved offside, and if you look back at the replays, which I'm sure we've all seen now, it was clearly onside for Alfredo Morelos and Ryan Kent. So I think once they'd been kind of shocked by that goal, Hearts really threw a lot forward to try and try and get back on terms and McGregor made two very, very good saves in quick succession and particularly as you as you say, Frankie, that one with his that one with his wrist from Big Big Piazzu was was a really, really good save and it, it gave us that foundation to push on. But it, it did kind of fizzle away in the second half. I think we had certain players who switched off a little bit, um, maybe a little bit complacent. It just it was a bit slack. Um but as you both said, there was never really much danger of Hearts coming back into it. The, the goal that they got was against the run of play. They never really threatened McGregor too much after the first 20 minutes. And we could have gone on and scored a, a fair few more. John, Frankie's mentioned McGregor there with a couple of really excellent saves that, that had a really big impact on the game and gave us that basis to go on and score a couple more goals. Who else really impressed you today? There was a couple of standout players, but who caught your eye? Yeah, I mean, and he's right to mention McGregor because McGregor was called into action, I think, maybe three times in the match, and each time he, he did his job. And, and we've got used to that. I think we've, we had. McGregor for me is a really interesting one because we probably felt at this, you know, the end of last season, start of this season, goalkeeping probably wasn't the one position that needed strengthened. Um, and, and Gerard did, and he brought in McGregor, and, and, and what a decision it's been. But I think the ones that really caught the eye were the, were the forward players. Um, Morelos continues to, to impress. Uh, his work rate is fantastic. The, the finish for his goal was was world class. You know, that's not an exaggeration. What a finish! Um, it, it, it just that's a player oozing confidence. Um, a, a beautiful finish. Um, for me, I thought my man of the match was was Candias. Uh, I thought Candias is again his work rate. Uh, Candias does. The, the hard things that let the, the, some of the other players do their job uh, and I just thought McIndyce was excellent today I, I was very very impressed with him. I thought he was excellent against Rapid as well uh, I think he's in great form just now Kent caught the eye um, you know Kent's the type of player that gets you out of your seat um, I, I don't always think Kent picks the right final ball but I thought today he did uh, today he was excellent uh, and Ajari is another one that's catching the eye uh, the two of them have, have really come on to a game 
Uh, and for me, those were the ones that, that you know, it was the attacking players. It was in the, Today was all about what we were doing going forward. Um, and whereas Candace is my man of the match, um, you, you have to say Morales, Kent, Jaria um, were the guys that, that, that caught the eye as well. I completely agree. And, and you know, I'm glad that you've mentioned Candace for one, because he's, he's a favourite of mine. I think he's a, a wonderful player and, and probably one of the best wingers that we've had in, in a long time. Um, but I'm glad you mentioned both Ryan Kent and Ovi Ajaria because they are both coming onto a game. Kent, in particular, for me, is, is so impressive and has been for the last you know, kind of four or five matches. And they're both they're so young and they're such good examples of why you shouldn't write off a couple of players after uh, you know two or three performances where they weren't a standout. Because obviously they've both come taken a step up from environments that they've been in the past. I know Ryan Kent has played quite a few kind of senior games now. He's been on loan at a few different places. But you know, when you've been on loan at Bristol City and places like that, and then you come to Rangers, it's, it's a different ball game entirely. Um, and particularly if you over, over, uh, for Ovi Ajaria, who's, you know, he's, he's not really experienced football at this kind of level before. They both took a few games to adapt, I think it's probably fair to say. Um, and a lot of fans were being quite critical. And I'm, I was quite critical as well um, of some of their earlier performances. But the way that they've both kind of grown into the situation and, and adapted and I think they've both become really, really impressive players and, and very, very important for us over the last few weeks. And, and I'm sure they will continue to be so as we as we push on towards Christmas, especially in Europe. So, uh, I'm, yeah, no, I, I completely agree with your assessment there of, of those forward players. I'd also like to have a, a wee mention for John Flanagan, who I thought in the first half particularly was was very strong. Um, yeah, that's actually fair. Flanagan did have a good game. No, nobody had a bad game. You know, everybody played well. But you're right, Flanagan had a good game. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad to see it from Flanagan because, again, he's coming for a wee bit of criticism at times. Um, first 45 minutes, he was, he was so composed and he, he was class on the ball. Um, his, his movement off the ball as well, his positioning was really strong. He never let a player get past him. So it was a fantastic team performance. And we shouldn't kind of underestimate the, or, or underplay the significance of, of today's result. You know, coming off a very difficult European game only three days ago, Players are tired, um, and to take three goals and three points off the league leaders who were up until today unbeaten is is no mean feat. But then, following on from that train of thought, we still only sit in sixth position in the league, which for a club like Rangers is never going to be good enough. However, at the moment, maybe that kind of feels like a false position to me. Frankie, what's what's your take on this? So, you know, we're sat in sixth place in the league, but. We still kind of feel a wee bit optimistic. Is is sixth place a cause for concern, or is it maybe a little bit of a false position at the moment? I'm not over concerned about it. Obviously, it would be better to be um, be further up the table, um, but we're only five points behind the uh, Hearts, and I think we've had quite a tough start to the season. Um, it would be very different if, if the, the the games against Aberdeen and Motherwell had had resulted in wins for us, as they probably should have done. Um, Obviously, that would be in game where else got sent off early doors and, and were really unfortunate to to uh, concede a, a late equaliser. And the same with Motherwell. I thought um, it was quite similar to, to today's game, actually, uh, the Motherwell game, where, whereby uh, we were excellent in the first half. Uh, and in the second half, we, we um, sort of let, let um, Motherwell back into it. Um, and the weather conditions were pretty similar. It was very wet that day, you recall, as well. And I think the team. Probably were just a bit tired towards the end of the day, and I think that accounted for some of the sort of um, lapses in concentration and poor passing for the last sort of twenty minutes or so. 
Um, the, the one thing I'd say about today, though, was um, in, in the games against Motherwell and probably latterly against Livingston last week, we, we, I, I think we, we got drawn into to playing them, trying to play them at their own game, uh, trying to match them physically. And obviously, you've got to do that at certain points in the game. But I think you've, you've got to keep the ball on the, on the deck and keep moving it out. And I, I thought we did that fantastically well today. You both, both you guys mentioned Flanagan. Um, Ajaria, Kent, these guys, and Joe Worrell actually um, um, on the left side of the central defence. Some of the passing and interplay between them was really, really top class. And I mean, Gerard always goes on about um, have to be brave on the ball, and, and these guys were today under a lot of pressure. And, and time after time, we, we got out of tight situations, and, and more often than not, we were able to break on the counter. And, and it, we made Hearts look look uh, really silly. And they're not a tough team; they're tough physically, they're strong, they work hard. Uh, determined and uh, guys like the Arnold Jim, we, we made him look ordinary, right? He's a really good player. And uh, aye, so in terms of the original question, there's no doubt about it, it's a false position. Uh, clearly, we didn't want to be sixth in the league, but um, I think I think we've still got enough, a few games after the international break that we can really get points on the table. Uh, Celtic play Hibs in the first game back. Uh, once one or both of them are going to drop points right away. So um, I think we just got to keep plugging away. Um, clearly, our away form is a, a bit of a, a concern. Uh, could try to put that to rest in, in the first game back against Alwarakis. Um But once we do that, um, I've no doubt in the, the final shake-up we'll start to, to clean the table and it won't take much to do that. Yeah, listen, I, I agree with your, your sentiments exactly. Um, the away form is, is a bit of a concern. Um, and I know it was kind of mentioned on the podcast last week when, when Colin was hosting. But it, you kind of have to acknowledge that it's it's almost cancelled out by the supreme home form, which is you know this season. If you if you include the European games and the preseason friendlies at home, you know, we've played something like thirteen games, something like that. We've drawn one of them against Osijek and we've lost none of them, and that's including against Maribor and Rapid Vienna, who are good, strong European sides. And in that time, we've scored thirty-seven goals. We've conceded five. So the home form is is supreme. It's it's spectacular, um, and that's that's why I, I agree with you, Frankie. I think that the sixth position is is a little bit of a false position, um, if if there is such a thing. I know the league table doesn't lie, but we've had tough starts. We've had games where we feel like we've been robbed of points. Um, it, it, but what days like today, as, as good as they are, and and as positive as we can all feel afterwards. It makes me kind of reflect on seven days ago when we lost 1-0 against Livingston, who are obviously newly promoted to the league and, and should never really be taking points off us. So, John, you know, if we look at a performance like today, which was so positive, beating the league leaders, beating the team that were previously unbeaten, what was the difference today compared to the showing last week against Livingston? The away form thing is really puzzling. I, I, I don't understand it because... I mean, we won, we won at uh, Rugby Park in the, the Cup this season, haven't we? So we have won away um, against a decent team on a poor pitch, on one of these artificial pitches. Uh, so I, I don't think you can point to that. I think I just think last week, Livingston were, were more up for it. I think it's as simple as that. I think tactically, we didn't get it quite right. I don't think enough players were in the right frame of mind. Um, and what's pleasing about it is that this week there's been a response to that you know we, we, we've really seen a response to that against Rapid and you know you have to say you expect 
players to be able to get themselves motivated for a European match. Um, but we managed to maintain that again today against Hearts. And as Frankie said, that's a good Hearts team. You know, I think we're maybe all maybe slightly guilty of overlooking that, but that's a good Hearts team. That's probably the best Hearts team we've faced for 10 years, probably at that kind of length of time. Um, that's a Hearts team in forum. That's a Hearts team that came to Ibrox today thinking they could get a win. Uh, and for periods in that match, we made them look very ordinary. So I think it was. I think it's all down to mentality just now. I think it's about getting the right mentality in the team. It's the only thing I can think of that's that, that's missing. Because I, I think we also sometimes maybe need to take a moment to have a look at our team and just you know what's in that team just now. Um, it's not a team of internationals. There was a thing through the week when we played Rapid where some of the the media and um, some of the websites were looking at the last time we'd played Austrian teams, and I think it was uh, Storm Graz. Um, we played them in the European Cup um, and, and, we, and we beat them fairly comprehensively. And you were looking at the Rangers team that day and there was a team full of Dutch internationalists, American internationalists in, in that team. Um, and you look at the Rangers team today and, you know, McGregor's an international. And the nationalist, um, Morales has just made his international debut. Uh, I think Koulibaly has played for Mali, but and he's not a current internationalist. Um, and the rest of that team are not Internationalists. In fact, the rest of that team, it, it, it's a real thrown together team. Um, you know, we've got four guys on loan. Two of them can't get into the, 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 the you know, one of them can't get into the Notts Forest team. Notts Forest aren't even particularly good. Um, you know, one's 21 and one's 20. Um, you know, young guys, you know, Scott Arfield. We, we look at Scott Arfield and we forget that that's a guy that wasn't deemed good enough to get a game for Scotland. I mean, you and I could get a game for Scotland if you begin to just get a game in, in the SPFL these days. Um, you know, and Arfield wasn't wasn't deemed good enough. Uh, yeah, I think you have to look at that team. You know, even Candias, you know, Candias, his career is, can best be described as journeyman. So I think Gerard has managed to, to, to you know, create a team that is better than some of its parts. Uh, and I think at times this season, it's maybe it's stepped back down. And then at times it stepped up and, and that was the difference between last week and this week. And, and he just needs to figure out how to get that mentality so that it doesn't step down. It always steps up. Certainly an interesting way to look at it. I hadn't really thought of it that way before. Um, but look, no, you're right that it's, it's kind of a, a Rangers team that's not of the calibre of the Rangers teams of 15 years ago. And I think everyone uh, listening to this podcast will probably accept that. Um so it's, it's an interesting point and it probably shows the the importance of having a strong manager and a strong coaching team to be able to install uh, instill kind of inspiration and, and pride and confidence in the players to go out and get a result that, that maybe would be stretching themselves. I, I think we are getting results that are stretching ourselves just now, you know, particularly in Europe, not so much in, in Scotland. You, you would still expect that team to, 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 to do well in Scotland. But I think in Europe we really are. And, and I think we also, I, I just feel... You know, I'm as guilty of this as anybody else of getting a little carried away just now. Um, but I do think we, we do need to just take a moment and have a look at the players we've got and say, you know what, we're actually doing pretty well with these players. You know, he's putting together a, a team um, that is actually, as I said earlier, greater than the sum of its parts. It's a very interesting way to look at it. And then if we if we take it one step further then, John, obviously we're coming into an international break now. Um with the players that we've got, what uh, what do you think that the players need to be, if they're not away with their international sides, what do the players need to be working on over the break to, to kick on uh, over the next portion of the season? 
Uh, for me, it's, it's all about mentality. Uh, I think that's the only thing that's been missing in, in games this season. Uh, and not often, but definitely against, um, against Motherwell. Definitely against Livingston. And, and frankly, against Celtic. Um, I, I think the team mentally wasn't strong enough in all of those games. Um, and yet in other games, certainly at Ibox, it, it's been mentally very strong. You know, we've taken the game to the opposition, no matter who the opposition have been. Uh, and we've, um, and, you know, we've, most times we've beaten them. Um, we've certainly always scored. Uh, and, and for me, and, and how you work in that, I don't know. You know, um, I'm not quite sure how you work in that. But I think that's what needs to be worked on. We clearly, we, the team has a, has a style of play now. The players look comfortable with that. The players are very fit. You know, I've been impressed with the fitness of the players. Um, they've all got to know each other now. You can see that now with, with how Kent and, and Morales and Candace and, and how the fullbacks are working with the wide players. So, so the, the players have all started to get to know each other. So I don't think there's any issues there. Uh, I think they keep doing what they've been doing, but somehow or other, we just got to work on that mentality, that, that winning mentality. So that, you know, it doesn't matter where this Rangers team are playing, they go out there and they go out there at 100%. That for me is what's got to be worked on. And I think they have a chance because I don't think there's that many players who'll be away. Uh, McGregor will be away. I assume Arfield is away. I'm not sure who else will be away. Uh, maybe some of the younger lads are under 21s. But uh, you know, the, the bulk of them won't be. The bulk of them should still be here. Yeah, and it's a very good opportunity because the bulk of them will be there. It's a very, very good opportunity to get some good, solid working on the training ground. You know, playing two games a week means that a lot of the players have mentioned the fact that, you know, they're they're playing a lot of games you now and they're not getting as much done on the training pitch as they would maybe like to. So this is a fantastic opportunity to do that. And I think the mentality is something that that's not specific to Rangers. That's something that players at every club in the world need to to kind of get their heads around is is having the mentality to go out and play for a big club, playing twice a week playing against teams that you're expected to beat because you have 50,000 people on your back if you don't beat them. Um, so it's it's something that definitely does need to be worked on, I think. Um, and it, I, I'm glad that you mentioned that fitness isn't an issue because it kind of vindicates the fact that we were probably right to make the team walk from the hotel to the training pitch in Spain. It wasn't just because we were too skint. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing that's done it for us, yeah. Uh, exactly. Thank God we're skint. We're going to move on now and talk about the, uh, the the fantastic result that we had on in the midweek against Rapid Vienna at Ibrox. Obviously, that means that we've had a, a, a wonderful week following Rangers. It's two excellent results um, that, that have left every supporter in a very, very buoyant mood. And something that struck me, Frankie, in particular, is that this is the second time in two European games going up against teams that are established European sides that are kind of very well known across Europe um, and, and tough teams to get a result against is that in both games we've gone behind and in, obviously in the first game against Villarreal we went behind twice and we've come back and got results obviously the result on Thursday was the win in Villarreal we came back from behind twice to get a draw what does that kind of say about our character and do you think it would be fair to say that this is maybe something that Rangers teams of the past two or three or four years wouldn't have had the character to come back in these situations um, it's hard to tell I think um, I think we've got a better quality player now more than anything else, um, and saying that, um, I think I think we have had a mental fragility over uh, recent years. I think uh, it's no more obvious than we, when we play against Celtic, um, and that's something we need to address as soon as possible. Um, and uh, hopefully, at Ibrox in, in uh, late December, um, we get the chance to 
to uh, to put a few wrongs uh, right there. But in terms of uh, the rapid game, obviously it was uh, it was vital that we, we equalised so quickly. Um, I mean, it was an offside goal, and the, the, the players could have probably felt sorry for themselves. They went to half time one 0 down. Instead, they got stuck right back in, and would hardly um, restarted the game before we before we equalised, and it was it made a huge difference to the to the outcome of that game. I think it was a totally different match if after half if at half time we were one 0 down and sort of chased the game a wee bit. Instead, we we, were, we went into with the second half uh, with a lot of confidence, a bit more belief, and and we absolutely dominated uh, VN in the second half and played really really well and. Without creating a huge amount of chances, which is probably more my, my one criticism of this team, I think at times we don't create enough chances. Or I, I think an attacking play is usually pretty good, but I think we just take the wrong option now and again, and and it really spoils some some great play at times. And uh, something I think when you're talking about working on stuff and in, in international break, then that's something we do need to work on. Is uh, is our decision making? Um, I think our finishing isn't great. I think we need to shoot a bit more often. They're a bit uh, guilty of trying to walk the ball into the net and scoring the perfect goal. Um, but on on Thursday, uh, it was it was a great bit of play with Jared Slipton, Morelos, who was brought down uh, clear penalty kick, and with ten minutes to go, I mean, you, you're talking about uh, mental toughness. Then, what more mental toughness can you ask your captain to step up and stick it in the top corner? It was uh, a fantastic penalty. I think we're all biting our fingernails at that point, and then. Clearly, you've got five minutes left, four minutes injury time, and um, you're thinking, can we hold out? And then we get the third goal, and the place just erupted, and you can just feel that sort of release of tension um, from everybody at that point, just because we've actually won there. And, and now we're, we're, sitting, we're sitting in a good position. Uh, Spartak doesn't seem to be any great shakes, uh, so there's no reason why we can't invite them to Ibrox in, in a couple of weeks' time and, and, and do the same to them with a bit of luck. And, and at some point, we we'll have to take confidence. I think from our, our results, clearly there's been a few um, uh, trips on the way of Aberdeen, Motherwell, Livingston, Celtic. There's four games where we've, we've dropped points and probably let, let ourselves down in, in periods in these games. But we're doing we're, we're ahead of schedule here. Um, again, we're six in the table, so it doesn't it's easy for our critics in the media to say oh, they're, they're not doing the, the business domestically, and that's fine. But um, I think if we look at the bigger picture, we're ahead of schedule, we're doing really well, um, we're, we're, our football quality has improved, I think our mental toughness has improved, and um, there's a long way to go in this season, but um, so far the, the, the signs are all good for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, John, how about yourself? What did you make of the performance on, on Thursday night? I mean, for me, that second half was reminiscent of, of the Rangers teams that I watched in Europe growing up. Um, I, th- I thought we were superb, and, and the Rapid Vienna captain has has since come out and said that you know Rangers didn't let them breathe, and that the goal was coming. And I completely agree. I thought our intensity and our pressing, and the way that we moved the ball quickly and 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 got up the park quickly was was really really impressive. What did you make of the performance on Thursday, um, and, and in particular that second half? I was on a high all day on Friday. <laughs> I, I mean, it was just a fantastic performance, particularly the second half. The first half. I thought we were the better team in the first half, but but Rapid uh, were capable of scoring. They had a couple of very good chances. Obviously, they got a goal, and and, and you know what terrible goal! What was the linesman? You, you look at it and it defies belief. But you know these things happen. 
the response was fantastic. But but the second half performance was as enjoyable a match as, as I actually remember watching in, in recent times. Um, and and it was one of these games, and I'm not exaggerating here, it's one of these games that, that reminds you why you enjoy football so much. I think to come from behind uh, is always great. Uh, to score you know, good goals, playing good football, it was a full house. You know, they had a good support with them. You know, they brought a good support, big noisy support. That helps the atmosphere. It was just a fantastic game. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and, and you realise how much you've missed. You know, the, the, the time we spent wandering around fishing villages of the northeast and highland towns, I think that's what makes nights like Thursday all the better. Um, and, and when you add in the fact that, that we just we just played well, we got tactics right, we came out in the second half and, and we bossed the match, uh, it was great. Yeah, I mean, I, I've watched it twice again since. It was fantastic. It's, it's a very good point that you make about, you know, it, it, it kind of does let you reflect on where we've been and, and think about the journey we've been on in the past six years or so. And it was just one of those moments when when Taft scored that penalty and then the back heel to Morelos, the goal goes in 3-1. It was one of those moments you sort of think we're back because we've had so many, we've spoken about it before on the podcast, we've had so many false dawns and, and kind of false starts thinking we're, we're back to where we belong. And this was one of those nights where you think, this is what Rangers should be. This is what Rangers is about. Um, and listen, I, I I wasn't able to make the game. I'm you know, living out in Luxembourg now. I, I, I wasn't able to get back and, and take the time off work. But it was one of those watching it on, even watching it on BT Sport, the atmosphere looked insane. It looked electric for that last 10 minutes. All the players have come out and said afterwards that it was the most incredible atmosphere to play a game of football in. Um, Frankie, I'm sure you were there in the stadium. Can you tell us what it was like in, in that atmosphere in the last 10 minutes? Has there, has there been a better atmosphere at Ibrooks? I'm just laughing. Unfortunately, I wasn't there as well, mate. I've got students back at my work just now and... Uh, I'm working late um, organising new laboratories, so unfortunately I, I, I couldn't make it on Thursday and I was absolutely gutted. But I'll I, I tell you one thing, I actually, watching the, the game at night on, on TV, and the atmosphere was absolutely fantastic. The fans were superb from start to finish. I included the, the Vienna fans in that. We just tried to, to wind us up with a wee display, which was fine. And nothing wrong with a bit of banter. I think people can forget that sometimes in football nowadays. Um but no, even on the TV, the atmosphere was great and, and, and you felt part of it. And as I said earlier, um, the, the third goal, you just got that, that release of energy and it felt fantastic. And my wife and kids were upstairs sleeping and I woke them up and was wondering what the hell was going on. And even even they were delighted when they found out. I took my, my youngest daughter to her first game recently and uh, so she was she was delighted. And it's just, it's. I think John mentioned it before, we've been going through this journey and over the last six, seven years since administration and it's been hard and it still is hard and we've all been waiting on the big European nights at Ibrox and Rapid Vienna, uh, Villarreal, and Spartak Moscow, they're maybe not the biggest teams in the world, they're no Manchester United or Real Madrid or Barcelona or whatever team you, you choose to mention but it's the, the occasion and uh, that, that occasion for obviously for 50,000 Rangers fans and for all the rest of us that couldn't make it was fantastic and it was exactly what we've been waiting on coming around and and to, to win um, in, in that manner was 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 exciting and I just can't wait to to to, uh, to get to the Spartak game in a couple of weeks. Uh, there's a real feel-good factor about it and 
and you're right, the way that we won it as well, you know, leaving it to the last 10 minutes, then getting the penalty and it was a bit nervy. And and then that the, the, the final goal from Morelos, which was one of the most enjoyable goals that I can think of from recent years because of kind of just the way it happened. I think we have to kind of really praise Daniel Candias for chasing down his own clearance from his own box, robbing the guy on the halfway line. Then this incredible back heel to release Morelos into a 40-yard run um, one-on-one with the keeper could have squared it to Halliday but took it himself it was a real release a real kind of rush of energy it was an incredible moment um, and you know John was saying there that he was on a high all of Friday I was, I was kind of the opposite I was absolutely shattered on Friday because I didn't get to my bed till three in the morning because I just wanted to kind of soak it all in um, I wanted to read every tweet watch every interview see what everyone was saying about it watch the highlights again and again and for me it was it was a really, really kind of special night, even watching it by myself here in my living room. It was a really special night and a really special performance. However, and there's always, you know, always another side to things, you could look at it the other way. Frankie, you've said there that this was Rapid Vienna, this wasn't Man United, it wasn't Real Madrid, it wasn't Barcelona. And when we saw the draw was was being made via Real, Spartak Moscow, Rapid Vienna, You'd think of those three teams, Rapid Vienna, probably the weakest, probably the one that when you're playing them at home, that's where you need to get your three points. And we've done that. So, Frankie, do you think this is a case that we're maybe getting overly excited by the result? Is it one where we should be beating teams like Rapid Vienna? If we want to be you know, like the Rangers of, of 20 years ago, we should be beating teams like Rapid Vienna at home and it shouldn't be such a joyous occasion. Um you know, just how big an achievement is this result? Are these the kind of games that we should be winning? Or is it right that we as fans are allowed to kind of really celebrate this one as passionately as we are? All things being equal. Of course, we should be beating Rapid Vienna at home. No doubt about it. Uh, same goes for uh, Villarreal, as far as I'm concerned, um, and Spartak. Um, but football's changed. It's changed since... Uh, I mean. I remember watching the, the highlights that last week uh, before the the, the, um, the rapid game was when we beat Stuben Graz five 0 The game you'll remember, you remember uh, Alberts and um, De Boer and what have you all playing. It was so the the game has changed beyond all recognition. I mean, and it, that advocate team were trying to win the Champions League under Sir David Money. That's the money that was getting thrown at that team then. Now it's the opposite. I mean, look at the money Villarreal spent in the summer. Spartak have thrown a lot of money at their team in recent years. I mean, all the Russian teams have got a huge amount of cash and we just don't have that now. I mean, we're getting excited because we've spent, what, two and a half, three million pounds on the guy Gresda, who's not even really played yet. So, as I say, football's changed. Um, we've no divine right to win any game. Um, however, it's at Ibrox, with 50,000 fans. We should be given every team a damn good chance of winning. It's as simple as that. And, uh, I think we did that um, on Thursday and I think we're capable of doing it against Spartak in a, in a, in a fortnight's time and it's as I say we've got the fine right but we should be looking to to do the business where we can Yeah and you're right and that does that does extend to doing the business against Spartak in a couple of weeks time Spartak I think are probably somewhere between Rapid Vienna and, and Villarreal in terms of quality you're right, Frankie, they have thrown a lot of money at their, at their squad over the past couple of seasons because I think they kind of see themselves as they should be the dominant force in Russian football. Obviously, you know, Moscow have got, I guess, three big clubs in Dinamo Moscow, Spartak and, and CSKA and 
they're kind of all spurring each other on and Spartak see themselves as traditionally one of the maybe the biggest of those three and one of the biggest clubs in Russian football so they're trying to kind of reassert their dominance there um, so again this isn't going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination but they'll have a long journey to come across and um, their results so far in the group haven't been great they lost lost uh, against Vienna so that, that kind of bodes well for us they got a draw midweek in a, a game against Villarreal I think it was three each I've seen the highlights of that it was a, a kind of crazy game um, it looked like a really really good game to watch with both sides showing a lot of really good attacking prowess you look at the league table though uh, John we're sat top of this table despite being the fourth seeded team by the way we're top of this table after two games having arguably already played our toughest game in Villarreal away top of the table with four points um, Vienna on three Villarreal on two uh, and Spartak Moscow on one um, you know when you, when you look at it like that how do you assess our chances of qualifying which something that I haven't spoken about this on the podcast before is something that I never, I don't think anyone else particularly gave as much of a chance off. We kind of said never say never, but it wasn't looking too realistic. Two games in, how do you rate our chances of progression now? It's the hope that kills you, isn't it? This is what they do. They, they, when, this, when the draw was made, I looked at it and thought, okay, you know, we, we've got a chance against Rapid at home and Spartak at home. You know, they, they're, they're winnable games. Away... We'll just have to see. Uh, you know, it'll depend on who's fit, depend on the weather, and you know, it's a long way to Moscow. And you know, we'll just have to see. And I had written off, frankly, both Villarreal matches. I, I didn't give us too much chance against uh, a Spanish Premier Division side. Uh, I just, I just didn't think that. I didn't think we were at that stage yet. And one thing this team has done so far in Europe is proven me wrong and I think many people wrong every time they play they've, they've been rising to the occasion every time um, so without a doubt we go into the Spartak game with a chance and I would say we probably now go in as favourites and if they can get three points in that match and then, then there's every chance that we can qualify from this group which I just think is astonishing because I, I, you know and I took the point you made a minute ago to Frankie about you know that, that it was rapid Vienna we were playing it wasn't Barcelona, you know, weren't playing against Manchester City, uh, and I and I accept that. But twelve months ago, we were getting put out of Europe by by teams from Luxembourg. Well, I will not have a bad word said about Luxembourg. By the way, that's not allowed on this show. <laughs> and uh, well, I'm not saying a bad word about Luxembourg. I'm just saying that I don't think their teams should be putting Rangers out of European champion teams, um, out of European tournaments. Uh, and and you know now we are having a, a realistic conversation about qualifying from our Europa League group. So I'm trying not to get too carried away, but if we're not in Baku at the final, I'll be disappointed now. Aye, I assume everyone else has booked their flights already, right? Aye, um, I've got a friend that stays in Baku, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm laughing at that one if we do get there. <laughs> Aye, it's, it's, it's incredibly exciting. It really is. It's, um, it's a real buzz about the place, I think. And it's, it's, it's just wonderful to be back involved you know I think as we kind of progressed through the qualifying rounds we got past Shkupi obviously and thought right well that's that should be done then we got Osiek and we think oh they're, they're no mugs this might be tough we get past them we get Maribor and we think okay this, this is going to be another step up we then put in a, a superb performance at home against Maribor get to Ufa get past Ufa just think how how much further can this thing go and I, I think I speak for everyone we say it's it's been an absolutely fantastic run so far 
um, and, and long may it continue. Right, finally this evening, um, I think it's, it's only fair that we turn our attention to the star striker, the, the man of the moment, Alfredo Morelos. Um, I think regular listeners will know that I'm a, a huge fan of Morelos. I think he's been an absolute revelation um, for a, an outlay of £1 million. The goals that he scored last season, the goals that he's already scored this season, considering as well last season, by the way, he obviously never had a pre-season. He kind of came halfway through the, 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 the season that he'd been playing in Finland. So he almost played a, a year and a half's worth of continuous football before he got a break. He's obviously now earned himself a call-up to the Colombian national team. He's been earning praise from um, the Colombian manager, teammates including Falcao. Uh, so people that know what they're talking about, he's he's doing the business yet again this season in Scotland. In that I, I think I'm right in saying that in the past 19 games, he's got 18 goals and assists. Um, so his output this season has been... Superb. If we look at the two games that we've just spoken about, the the 3-1 against Hearts and the 3-1 against Rapid Vienna, we scored six goals and he was involved in all six of them, whether that's scoring the goal, assisting or winning the penalty. Alfredo Morelos was involved in all six of our last six goals. For me, his output is exceptional. His work rate is unquestionable. um, And I don't think it's unfair to say that right now, he's the best striker in Scotland. However... Uh, if you were to read the papers in Scotland, if you were to look online, see what professional sports journalists, and I use that word very liberally, professional sports journalists in Scotland are saying about him, the articles are incredibly, incredibly critical. Um, I refer to numerous articles, kind of drawing this conclusion, not least a number that came out following our performance uh, against Vienna on Thursday. There was a piece in The Sun by Bill Leckie, which was absolutely disgraceful in my opinion um and and numerous pieces from the the, the same old suspects um your graham spears your tom english um going back to an article written about him by keith jackson last year which was in my view kind of overtly racist um i think the the perception of alfredo morelos amongst rangers fans is that he's not perfect He's not a perfect footballer. He's what 22. He's playing away from his, his his homeland in a very kind of foreign environment to him, um, and yet he does the business. His his output is is excellent, as I said, um, and I think most Rangers fans will share that opinion. He can be frustrating. He can sometimes seem like he has an attitude problem. He can sometimes seem selfish. Um, if he you know if he goes off the boil a little bit, he can maybe go missing or or maybe look like he doesn't want to be here. But I think most Rangers fans are kind of generally on the same page that he's a hell of an asset to have, especially for the, the the million pounds that we spent on him. And above all else, Stevie G has said that he loves him and has handed him a new four-year contract. Frankie, where do you come down on this? Do you think that the the treatment that Morelos gets in the media is is unfair or are fans like me being too sensitive? No, I don't think you've been sensitive, mate. I think you've summed it up uh very, very well. Listen, Rangers fans know Morelos isn't perfect. The guy misses a lot of chances. He's petulant. He's sending off. I thought it was quite harsh um, against Ufa over there. It was ludicrous. It was silly. Um, uh, he's, he's, he's been a, he got sent off at Aberdeen. I mean, he obviously got rescinded, but again, he's, the kick out was silly. So we'll, we know his faults and his foibles, but the guy's a really good player. Um, end of it's as simple as that. And people like Lecky 
Tom English, who are the guilty parties during the week there, um, they just don't like it. Um, they'll find any negative angle. If there's a negative angle to be found in the Rangers, these guys will find it. I mean, we're, we're going into a game against Vienna and Tom English wants to talk. Instead of talking about how well we're playing, how well we've done, um, I refer back to the bigger picture that I, that I touched on earlier, he, he wants to go back to Morelos and how he lets down his manager. And it's just like... Gerard would just laugh at this nonsense. If English had the, the bottle to turn up to a Rangers press conference, he would get laughed at or stuff like that. I mean, you mentioned Spears as well. I, I don't, I'm not sure if he's wrote much about Morelos recently, but the, the one that keeps coming back up, I think, is was his tweeting in July about uh, Gerard being quietly terrified. It's just like these guys are shown with crap like this and it. There's no other word for it, but crap is they cannot be trusted to write objectively on Rangers. That might sound paranoid, or oh, that's what they'll claim, but it's that, that's the truth of the matter. It's honestly childish, childish nonsense, and it's quite fitting that they're the ones that call Morelos childish, or petulant, or unprofessional because those adjectives describe these guys perfectly. Yeah, so that's a very, very good point, John. Recently, we've seen Morelos described as an irredeemable hothead, a liability, a bully, someone that goes missing in big games. Um, do you agree that he kind of gets judged more harshly than, than strikers at other teams? You know, I'm thinking of things like irredeemable hothead and he's allegedly got this incredible temper that, and he's you know a liability because he can't be trusted to keep his discipline despite the fact that he'd never had a, a red card before he arrived at Rangers and then suddenly he starts racking up the cards possibly point into another discussion about referees that we've that we've had before and I'm sure we'll have again. Um, there are plenty of players in the Scottish game who have temperament issues, let's say. You know, when you look at players like Stephen Naismith, who he seems to constantly be described as, oh, he's a bit of a moan, oh, he can have a bit of a whinge every now and then. I don't see too much of a difference between the attitude of Alfredo Morelos and Stephen Naismith. Do you think that Morelos is judged more harshly in the Scottish media than strikers at other teams? Definitely. 100%. I've thought about the Morelos stuff a lot and I do come to the conclusion, and and you hinted at it uh, earlier, I do come to the conclusion that his, I wouldn't say his race, his nationality, I think, is a subtext to a lot of this. Now, I don't think that there are, I don't think the journalists, I don't think the people involved in this are even consciously doing this. But I think the fact that he speaks poor English, uh, comes from South America, uh, allows them to put a stereotype on him, that he is some sort of, like you say, hothead. You know, it's the Latin temperament. Because, of course, everybody from South America has an identical temperament. I mean, it's just nonsense. It's lazy stereotyping. And, and, and I find it, you know, it's, it's embarrassing, but it's insulting. You know, and I think the fact that the guy doesn't have good English, so, you know, he's not been interviewed a great deal. He's not somebody we've actually heard from as much as you would expect. I think that has gone against him. Um, and I think to fill that void, you just get some of the utter dross that we have read about him recently. Anybody who has watched Morales, and even last season, when, when the team weren't playing well. You know, Morales works hard. You know, he, he, he is the kind of forward that Scottish football fans love. 
He works hard. He closes down defenders. He doesn't hide. He does miss, you know. But let's be honest, if he didn't miss every chance, he wouldn't be playing for Rangers just now. He wouldn't be in the Scottish League because he clearly has the talent, you know, to play at a higher level than, than we are playing at just now. So I think we're lucky to have him. I don't think we're going to have him for an awful lot longer. I do think he is going to move on to, to a bigger league um, and I think we have to, to accept that and I think we should enjoy him whilst he's here because I think he's a sensational player. But I do think that he is judged far, far more harshly than other ones, other, other forwards. You mentioned Naismith and Naismith's a perfect example. You know, you know Naismith was a big favourite of mine but Naismith could be a thug Let's be quite honest. You know, Naismith is the kind of player on the pitch. You know, when when you hear, you know, you hear this phrase used, um, you know, a player has maybe been involved in a, in a bad tackle and, and you hear other people come out and say, oh, he's not that type of player. Naismith is that type of player. Naismith's the kind of player who will do the opposition if he needs to. I don't think Morelos is. I, I actually don't think Morelos is that kind of player. I think Morelos is a kind of player that, you know, if he, he stands up for himself, but I don't think he's the kind of player that leaves his foot. I don't think he's the kind of player that leads with his arm. Um, we actually did a thing in, on, on Jersnet um, before we signed Lafferty. I had a look at the various disciplinary records. And Lafferty had a worse disciplinary record over the last season at Hearts than Morales did. I've never had anyone describe Lafferty as a hothead. But then, you know, Lafferty doesn't come from South America. So, you know, we don't get to do daft drug dealer meddling cartel jokes we don't get to do narcos stuff so I don't know it's you hesitate to use the word racist but I do think his his nationality goes against him I think the fact that South American allows for some of our poorer writers to to just go into the stereotype Um, and it's it's basil faulty stuff they write it's just cringeworthy um, because they're great player he really is a great player. Uh, he's a joy to watch when he is on form like he is just now. And even when he's not on form, he works hard. You know, he's 22 years old and he's leading the line at Rangers. And frankly, he's our only forward just now. I mean, Lafferty isn't an out-and-out forward, I don't think. Um, you know, Morales is carrying a lot in that team just now. He is the fulcrum of that side. Uh, our Play is geared around him. Uh, it's a lot of weight to carry for a young man. Um, so, no, uh, I'm, a, I'm a big Morales fan as well. Um, I agree, he has his faults. He is, he is not a finished article, uh, but, but I think he's a sensational player. I love watching him. Look, I come down on this ex- exactly the same as you, John. I think he's, I, I love having him here. I don't think we'll have him here for, for too long. I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly happy to enjoy him whilst we've got him. I think the amount that he contributes to the team is, is spectacular and he's been a really special find. Um, and, and I'm delighted. I do think, you know, I agree with you. He's he's made some poor decisions at times. He's, you know, getting sent off in over in Russia against Ufa for kicking the ball away and then shouting at the ref. It was just dumb, right? It was needless. It put us in a, an unnecessarily precarious position. Fine, no one's arguing against that. But some of the things that are written about him, they're not just kind of bad journalism. They're just patently untrue. Um, and, and and unnecessary and it's it just reeks of, of laziness and there's such division in sports media in Scotland at the moment and it just it's entrenching that more and more it, one of the things that, I, that people seem to write about Morelos as a criticism is that uh, uh, he'll score in the small games but he never scores against the big teams well 
look at it in a Scottish context. He scored against Hearts. He scored against Hibs. He scored against Aberdeen. If you look at it in a European context, he scored twice against Vienna uh, and he scored against Maribor. He scored against Osijek. So you're saying he's not scored against big teams. What, what people mean is he's not scored against Celtic. Fine, he's not scored against Celtic. I think everyone knows that and, and you can see that that kind of has played on his mind in the last couple of games against Celtic. Um, if, if that's what people want to say, then say it. But he, he brings so much to, to the team in, in every game. The league is not decided on the games against Celtic. A, a player's value is not decided on the games against Celtic. A player's value is decided on what he can contribute across a season, um, across multiple seasons. And, and, and what's written about Alfredo Morelos, it, the, the kind of xenophobia, racism angle is a really interesting one because I think you're right in that, you know, there's players in Scotland with a temperament issue, with behavioural issues. Look at the captain of Celtic, Scott Brown. How many times has he thrown an elbow out surreptitiously where he knows what he's doing, but he kind of gets away with it and, and kind of just takes, takes a player down with an elbow as he's running past and they say, oh, sorry, I, I never saw him. It happens every single game. How many times does Lee Griffiths cheekily leave a stamp on someone as he's trying to jump over to get away from a tackle? It happens week in, week out. But these are Scottish players, and so it doesn't really get picked up on in the same way that it does when Alfredo Morelos has a petulant kick out at someone that's not even violent conduct and then the red card's overturned. It's a different standard. Um, and it's, it's something that really that really winds me up. There's actually a really, really good blog that's been written um, about this kind of agenda and, and double standards um, that I've seen. It's uh, a, a guy called Scott Johnson's written it. I've, I've retweeted it on my Twitter if anyone wants to have a look at just looking at the kind of double standard in the Scottish media against Alfredo Morelos. Definitely worth a read if, if you're looking for kind of more examples on this. Um, I, think, I think, you know, you, you said something actually which is interesting there. You know, I do think Rangers forwards, I do think to an extent they are judged by how many, you know, by, uh, by scoring against Celtic, scoring in cup finals. You know, the one that jumps to mind there in, in, in over the last couple of decades was Lovenkrantz. Lovenkrantz made a career of, of scoring in those types of games. And the criticism of him was that he didn't score in the other games. But he did, he scored in European games, he scored in cup finals, he scored, he, you know, he's a great record against Celtic. Um, so the, the fact that Morelos hasn't scored against Celtic, that does, that, that does go against him. But unfortunately, you know, our team hasn't been scoring against Celtic. You know, has anyone watched us against Celtic the last two seasons? So I don't know it's fair to criticise Morelos for that just now. I think once our team is beating Celtic, and I do think that's coming, uh, I think once our, our team is beating Celtic, if he's still not scoring, then then perhaps it's it's a criticism that we can give him. But I think until until then, until he's playing in a team that is actually capable of, of matching Celtic, and I think he's pretty close to that now, um, I think he can probably be allowed that. Uh, and let's see where we are at the end of the season. Does that make sense? I think that makes perfect sense. Let's see where we are at the end of the season. Um, I just hope that the the media portrayal of him kind of softens. Um, but I think we're waiting for pigs to fly on that one. Listen, that's us, that's us out of time for this evening. Um, I think we've had a, a, a really interesting discussion on both games and on, on, on the treatment of Alfredo Morelos. So I hope you guys listen. I hope you've enjoyed the show. That's what I said. A big thank you to, to both Stuart and John for their time tonight. And as always, a, a huge thanks to our audio engineer, Graham, for, for your constant hard work. If you've enjoyed the show this evening, please let us know. You can reach us over at www.jersnet.com. 
there's a whole load of great articles, great insight, as well as a lively discussion forum for you to get involved in. As well, you can always subscribe to the podcast, make sure you don't miss anything from, from us. We're going into the international break uh, next week, so we're going to take a wee break as well. We'll be back in two weeks' time. So until then, thank you very much for listening. Have a great week.